Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. I am excited today for our conversation for a couple of reasons, um, because my guest on today's show is Melody Miles, and she's done something that I've always fantasized about doing, (laughs) and honestly still really, really want to do, so I can't wait to get into her background, and she's going to share with us um, all kinds of amazing tips on self-care, and before we get into all of that, welcome to the show, uh, Melody. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. So fun to be here. Yes, absolutely. So I teased a little bit about uh, your background, but can you tell us uh, a little bit of your story? I know that you had worked uh, with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and um, have done a lot of work internationally, but, but take us back. Tell us about you um, and then how it led to that work and what you're ultimately doing now. Mm. Uh, Thank you. So I call myself a recovering humanitarian. I was the good girl with a helper's heart that wanted to prove my worth in the world and got a number of degrees and very quickly shot up in my career and so ended up managing a massive portfolio at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and helping to launch their malaria eradication effort. Um, And all of that was done in a spirit of striving and proving and hustling. And I say the day that um, I finally like woke up and decided to come home to myself was when I actually had a panic attack on the bathroom floor. So I was in a big conference meeting with very important head of heads of state, world leaders, you know, Melody, my palms start sweating, my eyes go blurry. I didn't even know what a panic attack was. I, I go to the bathroom and literally just collapse on the floor, Sarah. And uh, it was the moment where I could not pick myself for the life of me off the floor. And it was a time right after my marriage had suddenly ended, where my mom had passed away, where I had not been honest with myself about the deep pain in my heart. Um, and my body yeah. stopped me in my track. track yeah, your body's like, listen. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes our body will step in, right, when we can't, when we're not listening. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I I ended up going to the emergency room, not that time, but there was a series of panic attacks, and I ended up in the emergency room, and I I literally started, like, yelling. You know, I've I've worked in medicine. I've worked with a lot of doctors. I'm like, it must be the world's next emerging infectious disease. Like, I'm this strong girl. I can have the top. Um, and the doctor had to come in after doing all the tests and be like, no, 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 no. Like, this is just anxiety and panic and unprocessed emotions. And um, so that was really helpful for someone else to finally name it and call me out yeah. on my bullshit in some ways. Um, because yeah, it's a huge wake-up call, I can imagine, for just like yeah. the, how busy life was. And it, it is easy to bury some of those big things that had happened in your life when we're busy, right? We can bury it and think, oh, we're fine, move on. The doctor's like, nope, <laughs> process that. 
I always say when women, when women stay busy, it's hard to be free, right, because we distance ourselves from the very things in our internal world that are our guides, back to our joy, back to our ease, back to our happiness. Um, but, yeah, in some ways I had, I had financial security. I had checked a lot of the boxes. I, you know, I was in, influencing the world in a way that I'm still proud of. Um, but yet I was deeply sad and deeply anxious and I think it can be hard when I, I had so many masks, so many layers, so many armors. I kind of had this reputation that then I felt like I had to keep up, and I didn't know how to escape my life. I didn't know how to find healing, but I was like, this girl and this, this picture I'm painting to the world is so different from the girl deep inside. Yeah, yeah, there's that, that disconnect. We're like, I know I've, I've, there's got to be more than this. Like, I have achieved that. Now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're living to, you know, and I was living to check things off my to-do list and to make an impact and to accomplish things, and it was really um, just like a doing-based life rather than a being-based life, and it didn't allow me enough time to think into my joy, to think into the ordinary things that are beautiful. You know, I thought my life had to be extraordinary. I had to know extraordinary people and do extraordinary things and be part of extraordinary, powerful networks in order to be happy. And, I mean, I can talk a little bit about me kind of quitting everything and, and doing this grand experiment to figure out what really makes me happy. But at the end of the day, what yeah. really made me happy was the ordinary cup of coffee and the long walk in the woods and, you know, the slow meal around the dinner table and all of that. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to. It takes very little achieving and doing. It really just takes thinking into a more being mindset. Yeah, well, let's de- let's definitely dig into that a little bit deeper because, uh, as as I mentioned in the intro, I've always had this fantasy of just quitting everything, doing that, that gap year. You know, I wanted to do it back in in my college days and travel the world and find myself, have my eat, pray, love moment, whatever it is. Um, so, tell us about after you have that panic attack and that really kind of reckoning moment, almost. Um, what did you do next, and, and what helped you make that decision, which I'm sure was tough? Yeah, it's such a good question. And for people listening that are on the bathroom floor, kind of in that moment in their life where they're having this, like, deep descent and despair, I just want to validate that pain and how hard it can be to know what to do next. I, you know, it was a number of months of discernment and more panic attacks before I really found my next right thing. Um, and I was scared to death because I had tried therapy. I had read all the books. I had wise mentors in my life. I thought I had this infrastructure to hold me up, and it wasn't enough. And I realized that I was looking outside of myself for answers, um, and I needed to go inward. And so what I ended up doing is I got offered a dream job that I quit. I left the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation at the kind of height of my career. I sold most all of my belongings but a suitcase. Um, I made a happy list, which I had never done in my life, of like the things that made me happy and the countries I wanted to go to. Most of them were by beaches. And I committed to an experiment. And I was like, I'm a scientist. The way I'm living is not working. I don't know exactly what will work, but I'm going to commit to a grand experiment of, I called it a sabbatical because it kind of like sounded better than like, I'm a lost girl. Right. (laughs) I'm just going to stop my life and go do what everyone dreams of doing, be on a beach. (laughs) 
but that pause and literally like the permission to be lost and to not know um, was the greatest thing I ever did. And that's what I would tell people. It wasn't like I had a plan or a formula. It was honestly like I just need to throw out the plan and the formula that I'm living by because I know it's not right. And I just need to clear the slate. Um, and reset and like the things that don't serve me, the things that are fake, the things that are driven by people pleasing or codependency or driven by these um, like untrue, unhealthy behaviors, like hopefully those will just fall away, right? Because when you show up in another country or another community, you know, they don't know you for what you've done in the past or what you've achieved or, you know, like you're, you know, we take on so many roles in this world. Um, that maybe give us power and security. And I always say we have two human needs, belonging and self-expression. Um, and I really hid my self-expression at the, at the sake of belonging to community. So um, mm, when I yeah. left, when I left and went out traveling, it really gave me the ability to kind of tr- try on different identities and figure out um, who I really was. And uh, we can talk about this more, but it's been exciting because this whole creative, I'm, you know, I'm writing a book and launching a creative business which has been birthed out of this experiment, which I never would have known that was inside of me. Um, you know, I'm trained as a humanitarian and data scientist, and it wasn't for this grand pause and spaciousness. So I think we underestimate how much just creating space in our life um, to try things out and, you know, to try on different hats can really inform. Um, yeah, you know, I, love, I, love, I love that so much because I think a lot of people struggle with the fact that I mean, first of all, we're supposed to make our one huge life decision when we're, what, 18, 19, when we go to college and decide what degree we're going to get. And then then we're supposed to magically be happy doing that one thing for the rest of our life when I feel like we don't really even have a chance to know who we are until our 30s or, or whatever. So it makes it, it kind of sets us up for... Um, maybe doing that for four or five years and then really almost direly needing space or some sort of transition to be like, okay, now who am I, who am I now? You know, because we change so much and we're so different. So during the time that you traveled, did you have any um, kind of, I guess, rituals or things that you did to really get to know yourself in that way? Like, did you journal? Did you, or, um, you know, meditate or any of those types of things to really kind of process what you were experiencing and what was what you loved and what you didn't that ultimately helped, you know, launch what you're doing now? Or were you just going into it like totally open, whatever comes to me comes? I took with me some tools, but I developed a lot of new ones along the way, right? Because that whole sabbatical period really was about going into the unknown. Because um, I think a lot of women, and especially busy women, can reach the control to kind of feel safe. And so the, the traveling time was really me intentionally experiencing with not feeling safe and living the unknown. And, yeah, you need tools that are grounding. And so um, The Artist's Way is a book that has changed my life. I recommend it to everyone in terms of just morning pages and writing. I ended up writing a memoir, um, which we can talk about, which is really processing some of my deepest shame and painful moments um, I had, I had a struggle with rage and anger that I was really ashamed about. So literally just like hour, like hundreds of pages of writing. Um, but I also connected with my body. Um, I'm, I walked 500 kilometers across Spain on the, like the Camino de Santiago. 
I learned how to sail, and I spent a week, like, literally doing nothing but just being on the water. I did an eight-day silent retreat. Um, I did a writing retreat that was all about kind of connecting to your inner world. So I did intentionally these, like, somatic practices that got me out of my head, got me out of this, like, planning mode, and into trusting my bodily cues, which were the very things that, you know, landed me in the bathroom floor the first Right. Place. There were so many cues before that that I was ignoring. Oh, my God. I, I love that. I talk all the time about how our thoughts, our stressors, the, you know, the things that we're processing um, have a physical output, and a lot of people don't put the two together. I mean, I didn't for a really long time until I got more intentional and aware about it. Um, but, you know, basic things like when I'm stressing about money or when I'm stressing about whatever, relationships, uh, I get a headache or I get a stomach ache or my chest, chest feels tight, like things like that, and just some basic things of, um, hey, let's be more aware when that's happening. Why don't we think about what else is going on underneath that? What were some of the signs that you had missed that you're much more aware of now that I'm sure other women have, have had too that might be missing them. Yeah, the sense of busyness. I mean, I hear women all the time when you, you ask them how they're doing or, you know, how are you? They're like, oh, I'm good. I'm so busy. You know, like we celebrate busyness like it's the status symbol. Um, and the feeling that I always, I always named was overwhelmed. Like I just feel overwhelmed. Like there's too, too many people, too many demands. Too many asks, too much at work, too much with the kids, it's too much. Um, and I, my response to that was like, well, I have to become more efficient and more organized and more productive. And it's like, this is my problem to solve rather than like taking things off my plate, dropping balls, saying like, I'm going to choose to live a life that, that doesn't feel busy. Because when I feel like I have too much to do, my inner critic kicks in, I start beating myself up and... I mean, actually, I would love your thoughts on this because I think, you know, you're a very successful businesswoman and have achieved a lot in your life, and, you know, I'm doing that too. And so I do believe in hustle as, like, a way to reach our goals, um, to, like, tap into that inner fire. Yeah. These things in the world, but it's, like, there's a difference between hustling to, like, past your point of, you know, like, right. almost leaving your body, to not abandoning yourself, um, and so it's a fine line between living a life of hustle that feels good and living a life of hustle, you know, when it doesn't feel good. And when it doesn't right. feel good, I think that's where you kind of need to check in with yourself. Absolutely. I, and I think a lot of people say, oh, you can't have work-life balance. You can't have balance in your life at all. If, if you're goal-oriented, you have to give up everything in order to reach your goals. And um, yeah, part of that is, is true. A little bit of that is true, but I think it's all a decision, right? It's a conscious um, decision to know what needs a little bit more focus in maybe in this year, in this six months, in this space I'm in right now, but to always prioritize those other pieces of your life. I mean, you have to. And and can it be done? Absolutely. It, but it it doesn't get done on its own. You know what I mean? And learning how to put things in boxes saved my freaking life. Um, I'm a single mom, so I'm, I'm raising my three kids on my own and, and have been since uh, my twins were a year old um, and my son was five. So it was a lot. And I was, like, doing the corporate job and then eventually writing the book and the corporate job and raising the kids by myself. Um, and the hustle was definitely there, but there was also boxes that were equally as important. 
where it's like kid time is sacred. No, nothing else happens but kid time there. You know, like my wind down time is sacred. My, you know, if I need to binge for a day, Netflix, that's sacred. So I think like that has helped me to be able to then when it's time to hustle, kind of give it everything in in that space of time and and I think that's the area where a lot of people are like oh I just have to do that 24/7 like no you're going to literally drop over <laughs> like we cannot do that forever and then we we also get less passionate about something when we're um you know grinding with kind of like no end in sight so I I love I love your um your whole concept about a soulcation and truly learning how to take care of ourselves. You know, the term self-care is out there everywhere. Um, what does that mean to you, and, and what is a soulcation? That's a good question, and thank you for asking. It really is hopefully a vocabulary and a gift I'm giving to the world because I found so many women were looking for permission that I just believe they can give to themselves. And so a soulcation is turning down the dial of the, the external noise in your world so you can kind of turn up the dial of your internal world um, and really connect with your core desires. Um, and so it's not about booking a, you know, a resort in Bora Bora and pulling out your credit card or like taking the girlfriends away for a weekend, although it can be, but it's about, it's like a permission slip for you to give yourself what your soul needs. Um, in order to really understand what you want and develop the tools and rhythms to then bring it into your life and truly design a life you don't need a vacation from. So what I found in my coaching is that most people need a vocation, which is a, you know, usually a number of months, like dedicated time where you tell your people, like, just like you would go on vacation, right? You'd put an out-and-office message in your email. You, you know, your people would know you're away. They, they know you're coming back kind of this like almost retreat with yourself where you take yourself on location. Um, you know, you kind of unearth a lot of the, the longings and feelings and things that you've distanced and, and dissociated from and name them and bring them to the surface and kind of begin to then make a plan. Well, like make a plan for what to do about them because so many people go on vacation to escape their life, right? And then they come back Monday morning to the office like, oh, I hate my boss, I hate my job. This life is hard. I can't wait till the next vacation. You know, the ultimate goal is to have a life that has the things we like to do on vacation, whether that be, you know, meals out or a spa day every once in a while or just, like, reading in the sun in the afternoon. To have those things, which often are simple when I ask my clients about, about what they like to do on vacation and actually bring them into your everyday life so that your everyday right. life feels lighter and funner and fuller. Um, so that's the ultimate goal, but oftentimes because people have been living at a pace that's so unsustainable or that they're, they're so out of alignment with themselves, a vocation is really just a gift they give themselves to really be like, okay, I'm going to take a, like a serious chunk of time for me, um, which can be so hard for women to do, to trust that by following the metric of ease, by investing money or time in themselves, that life is going to get better because we're always you know, wired to think that, oh, we just have to push past the pain, we have to fight harder, we have to do more. Um, right. So what if doing less, right? Doing less could actually um, be your comparative advantage. So how does a woman do that if she has kids, has a job, maybe has a husband or doesn't, wife, whatever, um, has, you know, has that full, busy, crazy life? A lot of people can't step away 
from their life like that um, for, for a chunk of time, what do they do? How do they um, get some of these benefits and not, like, abandon their family, I guess, you know? Right, yeah, yes, yeah. So we, um, I walk people through a vocation planner, which actually starts with the routines in your everyday life. So I, mm. you know, if a woman isn't even just spending 10 or 15 minutes with herself in the morning, you know, whether that's yeah. writing or journaling or, you know, she doesn't have a morning or evening routine that really allows her to connect with herself sometime during the day, even just like a breath of fresh air or like a meal, you know, like just eating her food while not like driving or running. Um, we first work to just like a soulcation is establishing those daily rhythms that are going to take care of your soul. And I actually believe that's the most fundamental life-changing thing you can do is developing a morning routine. Um, so a lot of time is spent on just experimenting, just like I did with my travel. Well, like what works and what's possible and how much time do you have and what's realistic? Um, and so after, you know, after you've gotten those morning and evening routines down, then we could talk about, like, could you take yourself on a date once a week, right? Like, you go on a yeah, date with your husband love that. Or could you once a month or once a quarter book a whole day for yourself or, like, go away for one night or once a year? Like, have you ever even gone on vacation by yourself, like, since you've had kids? Yeah. Could you plan a vacation by yourself? So there are some bigger things we can talk about down the road, but... I think it really just starts with um, a routine or a ritual that, that you absolutely make sure that you're spending time with yourself at least once a day. Yeah, well, I love that there's, you know, a, a, bride, a broad width of wherever you're at in your life. There's a way to incorporate this, um, you know, whether it is just doing a routine, which isn't a just really, that's a big deal to put it in into play or if you're in a place where hey I could take a month off I've just never prioritized that and maybe I need to do it and I love you said said date yourself because uh in my 20s in my very early 20s um I waited tables and every Saturday every single Saturday morning I took myself to breakfast and I called it date with myself and I had a lot of really good friends that worked at this restaurant with me, and they would always give me so much shit. And they were like, can't we just go to breakfast with you? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, just Let's all go to breakfast together. I was like, no, dude, this is my date with myself. Like, sorry, we can go to breakfast on Sunday, but, like, Saturday morning is date with myself day. Um, and I've kept it up, you know, like, every other weekend my kids see their dads. When they do, I have date with myself day. So, ladies, uh, oh, my God, listeners, if you don't do that – please do that. And every time I post a picture of, of me like eating at a nice restaurant or something, because if I'm going to date myself, I want to go to a nice place, right? Like I want to be weighted on really nicely. I want to like, even if in the days where I had to save up for that dinner, I would do it. Um, but every time women will comment and they'll say, oh, wow, like that's really great that you can go to a, especially a nice restaurant on your own. I've never done that. And that just blows my mind. I'm like, wait, what? You've never gone to dinner and by yourself? And so, ladies, if that's your starting place, start there. Like, take a book with you. I take a journal most of the time, and I write while I'm there. Um, get comfortable with yourself. It's, it's so important. So huge. So empowering. I love that you've done that. Yeah, to be able to be, like, table for one and just own it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. All the time. And and I think a lot of women are also very scared to travel alone, even if it's in state. Again, I 
I'm a big proponent of travel. I've been traveling with my kids alone. Like I said, I'm a single mom. Um, and I've taken them to five countries and all across the U.S. Uh, since I think we started, my girls were five when they first got on a plane. So for the last, you know, I don't know, eight years or so. And again, I'll, I'll get so many messages. I've never traveled by myself. I've never gone anywhere by myself or I've never, you know, taken kids. And I'm just like, you are going to feel so empowered. So when you did that big trip, which would cause fear and anxiety in a lot of women, I know that already, um, by then you had been traveling a lot, obviously, with the Bill and Melinda Gates, but did you have any fears and, and what tips do you have for women to kind of move past those and to open themselves up to these new experiences and to maybe not, not know what's coming tomorrow. Be flexible. Be open. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yes, yes. There was a lot of fear. I remember crying in the Seattle airport when I had my one suitcase, a one-way ticket, and even though I had done a lot of business travel, it's so different than saying, like, I don't know who I'm going to live with, you know, who's going to hold me up. I don't know if I'm going to be okay. Like, I... Um, I ended up, and there's, there's like gentle ways to do this. Um, like I always give recommendations. There's a company called Unsettled, which creates these um, like beautiful co-working, co-living communities around the world of other business owners and entrepreneurs. And, you know, you, you live for 30 days in an awesome beach somewhere. And so there's these um, softer um, landing spots that I found at the beginning of my trip before I had the courage to really go off on my own. Um, and I always say, I mean, there has been some privilege in my, there definitely has been privilege in my life, but I remember the moment um, that I walked into my financial planner's office and told him I wanted to do this. And he was an old white male and he looked at me in the eye and was like, well, our, our models don't plan for like sabbatical. He was just like, that, that's not possible. Like you save for retirement, you save for a house, but you don't save for an investment in yourself or you don't save for a year career break. And I was like, well, I want to do it. <laughs> like, what do you I mean love it's not that, possible? Yeah. And I do think that our culture doesn't value the investment in ourselves. Like this was, yes, mm-hmm. it was travel, but it was so much personal growth. And, you know, oftentimes when we don't know what next step to take or even what we want as women, it's probably because we've abandoned ourselves along the way. We've, you know, said yes when we've meant no. We've met someone else's needs instead of our own. Um, and I really do believe in um, a, a sabbatical or a career break or if people can even just take a month off, right, or a few weeks off of their job, even if it's unpaid. I think we all, um, there's a lot of ways to financially make this work. And when I was traveling, I met people on all sorts of spectrums of the kind of financial ladder that were doing this just because they wanted to. And that's what I say to women, like, once you know you want to, you can do it. Um, And getting on that airplane was the hardest, 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 hardest. Um, But there was a net to catch me. It is true. Like, once you leave, the net will appear. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and Uh, I think it it helps us see how capable we are and how strong we are. And people tell me all the time, you know, my backstory was pretty dramatic when um, my ex husband left and when he left he left just with absolutely nothing so I had to really get my get my footing with nothing um and having three kids to support and so people are like oh you were so brave and I'm like 
literally I don't have one micro of anything that anyone else doesn't have. We all have access to it there somewhere. Just some of us maybe haven't been put in those situations yet. Hopefully don't ever have to go through something like what I went through or haven't also tested their own limits. I think a lot of people haven't done that. Um, and so one of the ways that you can, like, get your brave meter stronger or kind of grow that is, man, get on a plane in your own state and go to the next big city by yourself and just figure it out. You're, you're safe. You're in your own state, you know, like um, you're in your own zone and then go out from there and go out from there. Um, you know, I didn't start my travel journey with my kids on an international trip the first time they ever got on a plane. We did the little ones here and worked up to it, you know. So um, I think just sometimes just taking that first step and saying, hey, I can do this. I can figure this out, um, and I'm going to learn as I do <laughs> and give myself grace and be open to the experience. It's, it's so life-changing, so life-changing. So tell us about this book. Tell us about the book that you've been writing. Congratulations on uh, signing your contract. That's such an amazing uh, moment, one of those big manifesting moments. Um, and it's, it's exciting, but now the, now the fun work begins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's called Vocation. It's designed a life you don't need a vacation from. Um, and it is helping women go through the same journey um, that I did. So when I left on sabbatical, I kind of had a dream of writing a book. Um, I wrote a lot of my own story and just kind of processing my own emotions of my own divorce and death and, you know, everything I'd seen in Africa. And so I was writing this whole time. It wasn't until I came back that people started, you know, being like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, you left, you you know, you, you just quit your life. Like, how did you do it? And how did you take a break? And how did you travel? And I just, like, people were whispering, and like, in hallways and conference rooms to me, like, I want to know more. And so... I really took some time to reflect on the process I went through. And I ultimately came to the conclusion that as, you know, we spend so much of our lives learning how to learn. Like we absorb information. We try to do the right thing. Um, and the, be- the gift I gave myself on my vocation was almost unlearning, right? It was like it was a reset button. It was a letting go and a grieving and a burning to the ground, things that didn't serve me anymore. And I think no one teaches us how to unlearn. Um, and no one teaches us kind of how to clear out space to do that work. So um, I came up with a 12-step process that was like, if you want to go on a similar journey of taking more care of your soul, of escaping busy, um, if a vocation sounds intriguing to you because life feels overwhelming, like I literally just reflected on my process and we're like, here are the 12 steps you can do without leaving your home. You know, everything from how do you clear out your calendar to how do you set boundaries to, um, yeah, how do you draw some hard, how do you say no to people? How do you drop drop balls? Um, I wrote vows to myself on my sabbatical, and I think it's the best thing I've ever done. I read them all the time. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and it was like I was married, and I fought so hard to honor my marriage vows at the expense of myself. And um, I think self-abandonment always leads to, you know, some problems. So I you know, walk people through how to write vows to themselves. So the book is an offering of just what I've learned through what I've been through um, and just an invitation to go on vacation in a different way, um, to set an intention. You know, if you are, I mean, I know it's COVID and not a lot of us are traveling right now, but the, the world economy drives off of tourism. You know, the average American takes multiple weeks of vacation a year. Like, how can we put some intention and structure around that vacation to really help it serve us? 
especially when we have one in four yeah. women are struggling with anxiety. Like we live in a world where there's so many mental health pressures on us. And um, sometimes the, the tools feel so scary and going to therapy feels scary or, um, you know, signing yourself up for some treatment program sounds scary. But I think taking a vocation is just like a, um, a softer invitation into leaning into something that feels good and trusting that we can actually heal by leaning into ease rather than, um, always like fighting forward with more effort. Absolutely, absolutely. And so many Americans will use that vacation time to like stay home and do nothing, <laughs> you know. So anyone who works a corporate job has to take a certain amount of time. And really, I don't think I would ever worked a corporate job where they didn't mandate you at least take your two weeks at some point. So whether you can leave or you can't leave, if you're implementing – something like this at home doing like your staycation you know maybe you can't get a flight yet um, but there's still so many things that you can do and then like you said once you have decided you want to do something and that's the biggest and the hardest step right there but once you have the how always 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 works out always the biggest and scariest part for me to kind of like hold myself accountable is buying the ticket. <laughs> I can want to, I can do all this stuff. And I know that like the moment I hit purchase on, on buying a flight, then everything else is going to come together and it's going to be a plan versus like an idea or a wish or a thought. And I speak from personal experience. It does not matter what your financial situation is because as a single mom, I've done international trips with my kids on a budget that literally no one would believe. Um, like on a daily $50 budget in Italy, like no one could do that with four people. I've done it. Um, so there are really no excuses. If there are experiences that you want to have, it's about, all right, now what do I need to do to put that in motion, to take action? And you were talking about unlearning, which I, I love. I think no one teaches us really like, how to do either you know what I mean so even the difference of of you being in a spot knowing something needed to change when you're in that bathroom versus okay I'm going to put action behind it I'm going to kind of put aside all that learning that I've done and I'm going to actually start doing something is so 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 huge because people just want to read another book about it (laughs) let me just let me just get one more book let me listen to one more podcast let me do one more thing and then I'll be ready, and then you go your whole life, and all you've done is absorb, but haven't actually acted. Um, and so I encourage everyone who's listening, Melody's, Melody's story is um, so inspiring to me. It has the action behind it and, and the self-reflection of, hey, something's got something's to change. What were some of the biggest lessons you learned during, during that experience that really felt life-changing for you? I think to tell the, tell the truth about my life. I hid in a lot of shame about my anger and rage and the problems in my marriage because I felt guilty and ashamed of them. And I thought I couldn't speak those out loud. And speaking the truth, which actually, ironically, I did to strangers in Ireland, I think, was like the first time I did it, uh, was the most powerful thing. And, I, mm-hmm. and that's what set me free. It's like when I stopped trying to be good, when I stopped trying to... Um, be right, and I just told the truth about how like, pretty bad I was, 
Yeah. That felt so freeing, so freeing. And you can't be free when you're, like, carrying this weight of, of shame. And so that was definitely a powerful lesson. I think another one is that, like, it's okay to choose myself. I, I was raised in, um, you know, my family history has a lot of, like, um, valuing being selfless and valuing laying your life down for the other person. And um, I think realizing that I could just choose to meet my needs. I can name them each day when I woke up in my morning routine. I literally, like, write down how I'm feeling physically and emotionally every single day. And based on, like, and learning those feelings words. I didn't even literally know, like, all the feelings words. But I, so I had to, like, have it. I carried around, like, a piece of paper with, like, the Google um, search results from, like, what are, like, words? What are names of feelings? Right. Um, <laughs> that and, aren't anger, stress, and anxiety. <laughs> the ones everyone talks about. And so, and learning that learning the tools to meet those needs and choose myself. So I always say, like, the three most powerful lessons are creating space. So just saying, like, if I don't know the answer of what to do in my life, I'm going to um, just, like, choose not to be busy, create more space so I can listen to that answer and listen to my inner voice, turn towards, like, my pain, discomfort, shame, embarrassment, and, and honestly speak the truth, and then choose myself and choose to meet the needs that are coming up. Um, and the more that I've chosen my own happiness, I've chosen to meet my own needs, the more I believe I heal and the world heals, which is radical coming from the humanitarian world where the, you know, there's all this comparative suffering and, well, I, you know, like, oh, my friend um, is suffering more than me or, oh, the children in Africa are dying. How can I, whatever, eat this delicious meal? You know, there's so, right. you completely jump into comparative suffering that you're actually denying your own needs. Um, and when we deny our own needs, we spiral into a really unhealthy place. Yeah, and it just turns to such resentment. And one of one of the things that I work a lot with women on is uh, removing the block of unworthiness. Because, you know, I think, like, at least my generation was raised kind of how you were describing of if you're selfless, you're good. If you put everyone's needs above your own, you're even better. You know, like that whole kind of, mentality and it really leads to this whole just strong belief system of not being worthy and when we're that way then we're not advocating for ourselves or we feel like that's um, wrong or selfish and getting to the place where if you do that over time long enough you become really resentful and you become the opposite of what you were trying to do you know supposed to initially be coming from this good higher calling space and it turns into the complete opposite. Um, and so I think it almost feels a little bit counterintuitive, but if we are taking that um, time to listen to ourselves and to find out what makes us happy and then to practice it, and then, like you said, daily tools, like it has to come to, down to that. Then all of a sudden what we're giving is coming from that good place that we wished it was in the first place. You know what I mean? And it's, it's genuine and it's free flowing and it doesn't have that like tense, tenseness behind it, you know? Yeah. And for any of your listeners that are in that place of, um, I think like in the middle of life transition, really unsure, like we can always begin again. We can always Mm -hmm. choose again. I think that's also the gift of this work is, you know, I was on a trajectory. I mean, you were too, right? You had, had a certain life and a certain job and, it could have gone on like that forever, and, you know, you, you chose to 
begin again and to build a new business and to be like, these thoughts aren't serving me, this life isn't serving me. And rather than try to like fix it or make that, that kind of formula work, you can also just adopt something new and choose again. And we always have the power, no matter how old we are in life or how far we've climbed, um, to begin again. And that's so freeing. And um, yeah, whether you take a vocation to begin again or whether you just wake up one morning and um, start choosing differently, um, it really does have the power to change your life. It's, it's so true. And for anyone who's listening who thinks, oh, I'm, I'm too old, I'm, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 70, whatever. I hear it honestly all the time from women in all those age groups. That's one of the biggest things that, that women fear. It's like, oh, is my time passed or I didn't start soon enough? And, you know, I, I can't be an influencer now because everyone's established on the influencer platforms and I'm not or whatever. And I'm telling you, as soon as you are authentic to yourself, like you were saying, you know, be honest, be honest with yourself first and then start sharing that honesty, there is always going to be room for you. Always, always, always. And there isn't competition because there is only one you that's bringing that story to the world, bringing that experience and that light and that those tips and tools, all of that, that stuff. So literally the worst thing you can do is just not start. It's always, it's always going to feel a little bit like you're starting from scratch because you are. It's a new thing, you know, but that's also what's exciting. It's also what, like, pushes us to want more. So, so what is next for you? Um, the book is in the works, and I saw you have a, a TED Talk coming. What's next for you? Yes, yeah, so I am launching – I just started this week, um, Masterminds, kind of um, high-level masterminds that. to guide people through their own vocation journeys. Um, I've been coaching one-on-one some, and I realized that we all have so much power inside of us. Sometimes we just need a guide who's, like, gone through it themselves. So there's so much. I really just believe in helping women turn towards themselves and um, unlock their power within. So I um, author Masterminds, and I um, am preparing for the launch of my book, um, and I just launched this location website, which includes like a free um, downloadable 12-step guide with um, the steps that I was mentioning in this podcast of how if you wanted to, you know, you have zero budget, you can't leave your home, but you want to take a location and do some things to take care of your soul, I have like those 12 steps with journal prompts that people can get for free. Um, so I'm just trying to create offers. Yes, I love that. Yes, and just the cultural vocabulary that people can use that hopefully is a permission slip. Um, for them to shed the guilt, for them to kind of escape this people-pleasing way and to choose themselves by taking this location. Yes, and I will put all those links in our show notes today. And Melody, thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom and that permission for all of us to get out there and start creating the life that we want, no matter where you're at in that journey. It's never, never, never too late to, to get started. And go get those tips because – telling you that that morning routine and getting in that practice you're going to need that even if you you can take a sabbatical when you come back you still need those those practices uh to integrate into your real life so go download that it'll be in the show notes um and thank you so much melody for for being on today and sharing your wisdom with us thanks sarah 
Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.